it'll be Paqueta, another midfielder that someone else oh, has Oh, left yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Talking about this one, they just got sunned this entire window. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a football club get little brothered quite as hard as I've watched Liverpool get little brothered the last couple of like days. Well, Everton keep doing it. They keep letting people have medicals and then they change their mind and move somewhere else. <laughs> Hold on, can someone explain to me where in the world Jack Harrison is? I feel like it's Where's Waldo. I don't know where he's. He's just signed for someone, hasn't he? It is Everton. Is it Everton? Is it Everton? But or he, is he, it was Everton and then it was Villa and then it's Everton again. I think, uh, yeah. Jack, Harrison's I, I think that's what's happened. Jack Harrison's far more an Everton player than a Villa player, isn't he? Yeah, I agree with that. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Although it depends what Villa we're talking about. If we're talking about the weekend Villa. <laughs> Is that the Ty- weekend? Tyrone Mingsless Villa, maybe. And you could fit right yeah. in. Like, here's what I'm telling you. That wasn't the weekend Villa. That was just Villa. Some of us <laughs> have been giving well, some I'm hard... Well, I'm all for that. Some of us have been doing some hard truths about Villa over the last couple of weeks. No names. But, yeah. No names. No names. Uh, football. No ketchup. Right. Premier League. No. Well, I have Villa that's 8, so that's good to see. Uh, I can't remember. I don't really want to look at it already. I already I don't feel good about our predictions. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> we can be honest. Look, you can't uh, yeah. draw conclusions from the first weekend, which is exactly what this podcast is going to be about. You so. absolutely can draw conclusions yeah. from the first weekend. So here weekend. we go. Like, the conclusions are going to be that our predictions are woefully wrong already. This, Look, this, I'm sorry for ruining the season, but I, my prediction <laughs> table is correct. But here's what I'm saying, by the way. Like, you know, when they say you can't draw conclusions from the first game of the season, it's not because the stuff you see in the first game of the season is valid. It's because the Premier League goes out and spaffs a billion pounds in between like, the time of the transfer window ending. We could sit here and go, you know, Liverpool don't have a, a a defensive midfielder and they'll buy Tyler Adams and when then all of a sudden when they're flying in January all the Liverpool fans will be going the media never liked us just like, no. you have all the clubs to complain about a media conspiracy does Tyler Adams move a needle I'm, I'm not sure he does. that guy he does I think. he moves the needle but I don't think he's really Having watched them at the weekend, if they can get one person in the team... He moves the needle because they don't have anyone to do that, I think. Oh, great. Okay. I'm not so saying he puts... Low bar. I'm not saying he puts them over the top, but he's got a skill set that they need more than they need Romeo Lavia's skill set. Romeo Lavia, the rare defensive midfielder... Agreed, but it's off-brand for Liverpool to fill the need rather than a better... Why? Is I it... mean, why don't they just buy another wide man? That's really what they need. <laughs> Another forward who can play anywhere across the front. Sorry. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the End of the Round podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunter. Join me this week, like every week, is Pod Ross. Hello. Sports media's number one, number one. Joel Linton, correspondent, Mr. Mike Breslin. And then Dubs. Yeah, hello, everyone. And, yeah, true. Uh, Dave's not here, bitten by snakes, car crash, whatever you want to talk about. Um, anyway, let's keep going back to what we were talking about just then. Uh, should we just quickly start with, we are going around the grounds, but sorry to ruin it. We're having such a good conversation about Liverpool. Let's just keep having it. Ross, Liverpool, you said to me yesterday when we saw each other in person, you said, I've just got some te- I've got some things to say. So I want you to, to, to say some things. Well, it sort of plays exactly into what I said when we were talking about them for their league position. They were, they're so easy to just get through. Chelsea had a slow start to the game, but I was talking about a guy we both love, Will, Nicholas Jackson. It was Big pretty Nick. much one ball down the, down the t- sideline from, from Colwell. 
and they're in. They're so easy to bypass, and they've they've just got nothing screened in the back four at all. They're just they're just going to be too easy to play against unless they get someone in there, which is what I said before the season. And obviously they're going to be able to score goals, but I just they need that guy that was Fabinho. Maybe it's Tyler Adams. I'm not so sure, but they're just going to be like Chelsea right at the start of this new new thing they've got going on. If it looks that easy for them to look good against them, like I don't know. Um, I'm about where I thought I would be when I was talking about them before the first game. So. What is the new thing Chelsea? Has <laughs> yeah, can we can we start calling everyone? I don't know what it is. Instead of saying project, can we start just saying the new thing everyone's got going on or something? I just think but, that's <laughs> wait, it's a new. It's it's, it's a it's a project, it. isn't it? I mean, is it? Okay, fine. We'll just stick with the the new thing. It's the new thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like when you didn't do your homework at school and then you're doing it in form period. That's what Todd <laughs> Bowley's doing. It's just chucking things out there. Me yeah, daily got, at school. Yeah, I've got some cash. I, who can I buy with some cash? I think um, anyone. In terms of in terms of their business this summer, I'm just pleased that I like every one of the players they've bought. This window, except for one, Sanchez. No, you know, you'll never commit to me. There's something wrong with the water in Spain. I've, but, I've, they spent this much money, and that's the that's the guy they've gone into the seasoning with in goal. That's why I don't understand. Yeah, I agree. Like, Will doesn't like Raya, but for me, he would have been a way better option for Chelsea than, than Sanchez. He's but, better, but just, no, yeah, not on the move, mate. Where is Dean Henderson? Why is he still at Man United? I don't, I don't want him. <laughs> I think the answer is because his his real ability is as a Premier League backup. So there we go. I think the answer is probably yeah. something in the fact that Dean Henderson's got a, a higher opinion of his talent than the clubs who are <laughs> coming in for him. I think it's probably the case. Is what he better than Matt Turner? Is he better than Matt Turner? Look, I'd rather have Matt Turner. I've never seen Matt Turner play, I don't think. I have. He was decent. Oh, you should have watched Forrest at the weekend. What a performance. I was watching the Lionesses, Mike. You sexist. When were Arsenal on? Oh, they were after, but I was in the car. Oh, there you go. But they didn't I did watch the Lionesses. Yeah. yeah, they were good, Hope- weren't they? Hopefully, by the time this pod's out, they'll be in the final. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and if we, if we make it to the final, Lauren James will be back from her suspension. I don't That's want to back in after what she's done. <laughs> um, Millie Bright actually put in the best centre half performance I think I've seen all season. <laughs> there you are. Wow. One game Chelsea in. Yeah. There. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, did you watch her compare it to some of United centre halves last night? My God. Except for Varane, magnificent God. as always. The goal scorer, Rafa. Um, oh, you're clown. Varane's really good. Back to um, Liverpool, though, because we drifted away. Um, if you, and are there any names out there that they can get that do move you? No, honestly, no. Are you not even? Who's actually left? So the talk is so there's Amrabat, who's uh, a, mm, he's I might a bit have seen of him, but yeah. And then there's the other option they're talking about is 80 million on Decore for Crystal Palace, who I think is good. No, he's nothing like 80 million. <laughs> 80. No, I don't million. think he's 80 million good. That is. They could have just well, that could be our first short. Yeah, that he could would be have our done a job short. for them in there. That reaction I just had was <laughs> wow. Eighty million. 
This market has gone Can fucking you... nuts. It's just wonder... Chelsea's fault, this. Well, uh, it's actually Neymar's fault. <laughs> it's all traced back to Neymar. No, I've um, traced this back to Enzo. That's why I'm. Oh, I'd it. pay it again. <laughs> I wouldn't even think twice about paying it again. Um, but um, Amadou Anana, a player I like. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I think he does. He's a little bit. God, too... imagine Everton oh, yeah. sell him to Liverpool. That's not happening, is it? He's good. He's just. Amadou Nana is one of those players that I, I just think whoever buys him is going to get a better player than. It's going to be one of them where when people buy him, they're like, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was this good. I thought that when uh, Adrissa Gay went to PSG. Similar sort of thing, I guess. I thought he was really good too. In fact, he was. Yeah, I really, thought he was good. And then he, he was, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Schneider in effect, isn't it? He's at, he, was at, he was great till he went to United and then he just. But he was great before he went to United. Yeah, that's that is true. We can't so, forget that. So we're going to call that the Schneiderlin effect. <laughs> I think we yeah, that, and the episode. But <laughs> it's the Schneiderlin effect or the Todd Father. Let's see how we get on. Um, uh, <laughs> Liverpool. I've got ah. Oh. They play like a team of forwards. Like they really do. Other than United. I've never seen a midfield so keen to kick the ball forward and not keep possession. And it worked for them at times. Like, I mean, the goal they scored, um, the pass from McAllister is brilliant and it worked for them. But then all of a sudden you like watching them later on in the game, a little bit of pressure on the ball. They're oofing it long and they're just getting the second balls, just getting hoovered up by a Chelsea team who, for the first time in about two years, actually looked pretty fit in terms of getting about the pitch. But I'm... I know you said it hadn't changed your thoughts, Ross. I was worried. After if I was Liverpool, I would be. I'd start to feel a bit tetchy about that because they're just missing. They're just missing something in midfield, and I don't think it's just a defensive midfield kind of thing. I think it's just a. They're missing Thiago, is what I'd say, as much as anything else. Yeah, I only say it didn't move the needle, as in change my opinion, because I had him lower, I think, than the rest of you. I was more worried about them not having a a six because look they played McAllister there and he's a good player but that isn't that isn't him that isn't his game like he's a good worker in the midfield but he's not physically able to do the things that they need him to do in there I mean if he's the least the least offensive minded of your midfield three that's that's going to be tough would Thiago do that job well, do you think? I think it's more of the. Uh, it's not the. Def- so, so no, is the, in the short. I think it's a. Li- it would be a little bit like any midfield that's anchored by Jorginho, in that you're suffering with the lack of physicality, but you're gaining from. I mean, in Jorginho's idea, the idea of what Jorginho is, rather than what he's proven he can be. But what you've got from Thiago is you've got someone who can play it off either foot. You've got someone who's going to keep the ball. And watching them at the weekend and the way... I mean, this is the lowest game, the lowest amount of possession they've ever had in a game. And it's not like Pochettino. Pochettino's a very... He likes his play. He likes players to have the ball, but he's a very vertical manager at the same time. So it's not like this was he was playing Pep. They were playing Pep, for example, a guy who likes possession, possession, possession as the the absolute pinnacle. So if they can't keep the ball like this, I really do worry for them when they play other games. And I think what 
Tiago would at least bring to you rather than Soberslai and McAllister is that calming influence that let's just keep the ball let's give let's give Virgil van Dijk Canate a, a rest for a bit let's see if we can build with a bit of time I think that's what they probably need as much as they need that um that defensive midfielder however their recruitment's been a mess though hasn't it like well yeah I mean I made the joke about signing another winger but that is just what that is literally what they see a winger at a good price and they just buy him or yeah a forward player that was quite well put about Thiago by the way I'd never really thought of it like that thank you I, get, I, like, I, I like that occasionally I turn up and say something sensible when I'm not shouting about Ted Hag I just assumed that they'd need a yeah like a Caicedo sort of character in there but yeah maybe you're right they probably can get away without one especially if they're not in the Champions League I think you'd need one if you if you're playing Champions League but Europa, you can they can probably get away with it if they just score four every game. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a case of just outscoring. Yeah, I think in a lot of games, and which they're perfectly capable of doing. I yeah, I just it's think embarrassing a bit, isn't it? That that front four. It <laughs> yeah. Nunes on the bench. Yeah, it, I mean, in terms of scoring goals, I, I've got. I know they didn't look brilliant. They look good at times against. Chelsea, just in terms of every time they went forward, you felt like they could score goals. The only thing I'd say is, and I've, I'm on record as saying I think Darwin Nunez is going to score a lot of goals this season. By the way, I'm on record as saying that, and I think Luis Diaz will too. But there were ga- there were chances in that game against Chelsea. They were like half chances, sort of more slightly more than a half chance, where you go, Mane and Firmino finished those when Liverpool were at their pomp. So if they're not finishing them. Um, they're going to have to create a lot more. Midfield benefits them. I think there's an. I think if they don't recruit a player with all the capabilities to do what Fabinho used to do, which is a really tough role, I think there's a cap on where they can finish. I just think getting your recruitment wrong. If you rush something through, it's probably going to hurt you more in the long term than if you do something now. But I don't even think they know what they want because they tried to buy Lavia and. With the best will in the world, Lavia is can dribble the football, but he doesn't defend. Like his weakness is tracking runners. So I just don't understand what they're doing. And I'm a little bit worried about if I was a Liverpool fan, I would be a little worried about their new sporting director, who's only here for the summer, and he hasn't been able to get any deals over the line except ones where he's paid a release clause. That's worrying to me. They look a bit Mickey Mouse. I mean it's definitely worrying that multiple times now it seemed like Liverpool are going to get the guy to the point where I just thought it it had been done. And then both times, it seems like Chelsea are going to get him. But, but I mean, they've had so much time. They've had so much time to, to do this and to work on this. That's, that's why I don't... I agree with you. I mean, their director of football situation has been pretty messy for a little while. This is the third one they've had in a pretty short spam. Um, I mean, I know Rice probably wanted to stay in London. I'm obviously glad he's at Arsenal. But if they're chucking money at a player, would Rice not have been one to go go out earlier in the window? I think probably he would have been. But I mean, you could say that about all the top teams, I suppose. I think um, it's not like... It's not like it's a just this window problem. They've known that they needed to sort in sort of a way replace Fabinho for a for a while. They've seen that they've 
looked at it and they've not done it. Um, the thing that I think make I think the worst thing look the Caicedo situation is a freak transfer in that you were almost never going to get to the position where you're agreeing a fee for that much money and he turns around and he says I want to go to Chelsea. That doesn't happen. But what they've done by what they've really done is they've misjudged the Lavia situation badly, where they didn't want to pony up the extra four million it would have cost to get him signed, sealed, and delivered. They've gone off. They've tried to get someone else, and now they've made Lavia feel like he's second choice to them, and he's sort of turned around and gone. Actually, I'm going to go and join Chelsea side you lot, and that to me is like kind of like you look at it and you think to yourself, well, Liverpool just are a club without um without a captain at the ship. They just don't know where they're going, and. That's why I worry about them because if you think about why, if you think about the Liverpool project, I hate that word. If you think about the Liverpool project when it's they were well. <laughs> when they were at their best, they were identifying players that weren't necessarily the most expensive. They were recruiting smartly and they were recruiting for specific want and need. And now it looks a bit more like uh, we're getting good players through the door, but less with the idea of the want and the need, which is fine. That's what a lot of clubs do, but Man that's United. not Man United, Todd, Toddy B, to a lesser extent Arsenal with the signing of Havertz, where they're just getting they're making a talent play, but Liverpool don't have the coffers to be making that talent play probably. So it's just a little. I'd be concerned if I were them, but concerned about the midfield. You can see it's the opposite with Arsenal. They they knew the guys they wanted to go after and they got them all done super early and haven't been embroiled in any of this this sort Very of stuff. Nice. It is. I'm not going to lie, Mike. It's, pretty, it's been pretty pretty stress-free winter for me. Yeah. Uh, point each, like Will said, I think if I was Liverpool, I'd be more concerned. But there's still, uh, still work to do on Chelsea's end. But it looks like they are doing it. So I guess that's good, Will. Oh, I mean, if I'm Chelsea, I mean, I was buzzing my tits off after watching them play at the weekend, simply because I think they, I can't stress how much like the lack of a pre-season last year and the absolute state the commercial enterprise made it be hampered the fitness. Like you watch that Chelsea team, they were quick, they were sharp, they were first to every second ball. Um, even the players who... The play and you can what you can see from them is the last couple of years the Chelsea teams have been quite technical. Like ever since they wanted Sari in, um, they've sort of shifted to that kind of our pro, the profiles we're going for is midfielders like Jorginho, Kovacic, these technical players, and now they've sort of reverted a little bit across the pitch. So like you look at you look at the centre arse now. You've got Cole as a big lad. You've got Diassi pissing massive. Um, you've got Sanchez, who's taller. I mean, you've got Nicholas Jackson. I mean, who was Nicholas Jackson didn't missed missed the best chance of the game. However, in terms of what you saw from him across the pitch and, and what the battle he gave those two centre halves, it made me way more encouraged for him for the rest of the season. And there was just across the park, you could see that Pochettino had sort of drilled them really well. They're further along now than I thought they would be. Um, I mean, if they had Nkunku, you would feel even better about them. But, yeah, I mean, 
it can't be stressed enough how big that Caicedo deal is. I hate the fee. I absolutely hate the fee. 115 million gives me intestinal fortitude. I'm going to be sat there every time he goes down. I'm going to be going, oh no, like this. I don't understand why they're buying Lavia, although I love the player and I think he's a good talent. Um, and I actually think Elise is has the potential to be the best move they make this summer. So they're buying talented players and they're buy- and they're doing the thing I like, which is. In theory, they're not buying depth. They're buying players that they think are good enough to go into the starting eleven, and that's how your depth gets better. That's the, it's the Arsenal thing. You buy, you buy Declan Rice to come in as your first team, and then Party becomes your depth, and that's the way Man City do it, and that's the way you have to do it to be an efficient team. So, from the weekend and from their transfer business in terms of the players, not the finances, I think it's a very encouraging start to the season for them, and that's how I would have read it. Get rid of Silver though. They're much better than I thought they were going to be, if I'm being honest. I think I'd feel... I'd feel good, obviously, if I was a Chelsea fan, but I'd also felt like they should have won it. I feel like they... By the end, they'd had the better of it, I thought. But Liverpool started off really hot, but then were lit, for me, pretty much nowhere for the rest of the game and looked looked pretty poor. I think that's fair. You probably took... First game of the season, both teams pretty happy with the point. I'd definitely, say. yeah, yeah, for sure. But I know what you're saying. Chelsea definitely... They should it. win it. They should yeah. win that. They had I mean, a flurry of chances at nearest the end, which probably should have... Yeah. My worry with them, and then my worry will remain this for the entire season, is that, um, well, firstly, if they let Conor Gallagher go to bring in Romeo Lavia, that, that makes them weaker this season because Conor Gallagher's a, a, a better off-the-ball presence they don't have that in the squad. I'm worried about them being not taking enough shots. I, I I know that sounds daft, but I am worried about them not having the shot profile across the thing. But the only thing I would say is I'm starting it now. Enzo's winning it all, boys. Player of the year by the end of the year. You've heard it here first. I don't care if he has the stats. He just All he's got to do is four or five drag backs a game and I'm in. Honestly. I, I When he did that one on the two of them in midfield, I almost... I needed a drag on a cigar, lads. Honestly, it was superb. So I've already seen some compilation videos of him bossing the midfield on at the weekend already on my feed. I can't watch him on the train. Public indecency. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It was a good game, though, actually. Um, yeah, it was a good yeah. game, which you couldn't really say about a lot of the recent Chelsea-Liverpool games, that 2-2 draw notwithstanding. But yeah, it was a good game. Um, so, now we've got that out of the way, I was gonna, we were going to start this podcast with the new thing of where I ask you guys uh, what you enjoyed from the weekend. Um, so let's revert back to that. Um, if you want to know what my boss, heads up, this is dragbacks. There you are, that's all I really wanted this weekend. Uh, uh, Millie Bright's headed clearances were also pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. It should, should, be the ass. That should have been the ass of here. I'm just sat there going, what a fucking player. I just couldn't believe it. There was one at the end that was fantastic. Yeah. Just took the pressure off. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't she? Um, Michael Ross, which one of you wants to go first? I can go. Mine is uh, seeing new players in new shirts this season, new teams. Nice. That's always fun. First game of the season, seeing Declan Rice in an Arsenal shirt, Mount in a United shirt, or just all these, all the new players in new places. It's fun. Anyone stand out in particular that you want to talk about? Not really. About? I did like that Sobers lie, at least for a little while. 
he looked pretty handy. Um, didn't watch United last night, so when we get to that... <laughs> I've got stuff to say. Yeah, I think you two have <laughs> enough to say anyway. Um, who else? Nick Jackson looked really good. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's so good. good. Me and Ross were talking um, about it last night. We were like, uh, you know, because there's always like a, a bit in football matches where you get irrationally excited. And for me, it was when the ball was played into Nicholas Jackson. It wasn't great. And he's got Canate on his back and he just takes it down. I was like... He like Ooh. bumps Canate off, Ooh. leaps way up into the air, chest it down. Like he was blown for a foul or offside or something. But I was just like, wow. That was... <laughs> if he can do that to Canate, that's going to be a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> the second one, the second bit was when he's, uh, it's like the 85th minute and he gets the ball from a corner and he runs. And he's got Canate on his hip and Canate just can't stay with him. It isn't powerful enough. And he goes past two and plays the ball to Mudrick and Ukraine Bolt misses it. But like it's... <laughs> By the way, that's the best tweet I've ever seen. Ukraine Bolt is phenomenal. So good. But uh, that was like where I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a freak. And yeah, he was good. Um, Tonali, a good debut? He was brilliant, I thought. I hadn't watched too much of him at, at Milan. Um, but he was a lot more sort of dynamic going forward than I, I'd kind of thought he would be. He just looked so comfortable. I'd heard so, some people saying that maybe he wasn't going to be up to the physicality, but from that game, it doesn't seem like he's going to struggle. Obviously, it's just one game, but he was absolutely brilliant, I thought. Looks good. You never quite, like Ross says, you never quite know what to expect from Serie A coming over, but man, tasty. I and given he's it. only, what, 55 million-ish? And then, and he's been on deep Champions League runs and won Serie A. It makes some of the other fees seem a bit strange but yeah I like him I think he's a good profile there seems to be is it always in a lot of windows this amount of trading in between Premier League teams is that why the fees are so inflated I swear this doesn't always happen I think you might be right that sounds especially for like big players like like we've had move this window Rice and Casado Rice, Casado Mount being one sorry Will again but that's all right. He could go. <laughs> he certainly. Havertz, yeah, yeah. He certainly could go. Um, I think it's probably it's a little bit like '90s Serie A, isn't it? Where all the players, like every, we, the joke is everyone plays for Juventus, it's Inter and Milan. Um, and the reason why that happened back in the day was because that league was so financially dominant, and it's kind of the same here, I reckon. Like, I mean, when you Mount's a great player but Chelsea were not going to sell him for less than 55 million and he was not going to go for a wage package that was less than 200 grand. Um, outside of the Premier League, who in world football can currently offer that? And he's willing There's to offer... There's not many. Yeah, Mount. and they wouldn't offer it for Mount, I don't no. think. Whereas Man United, who desperately needed a connector, look at him and think, yeah, that's what we'll go for. I mean, whether or not they have a right to is a different matter, but that's kind of what happens, I think. And weirdly, no Prem club seemed to want to go after Harry Kane, though, which is a bit of a odd one, I thought. But I don't think anyone wants to deal with Levy. Yeah. I don't even know if he'd have sold him to a British club. No, and obviously the f- he would have demanded a higher fee, but uh, I don't know. The fee, I mean, you want to talk about a deal that Tottenham, Tottenham have come out well on. £100 million for a guy at 30 is good is good business it, it, however you want to spin it 
Oh, it's a great fee. It's a great fee. Especially, did he have one or two years left? One year. One year. year. That's amazing, isn't it? That's really good business. I mean, he's taken the emotion completely out of it. I mean, you ask any Spurs fan, they'll tell you that Harry Kane never should be sold. But... I just it's it's a staggering amount of money for a for a guy with one year left on his deal, and that's probably why a lot of the Premier League clubs who are buying younger and younger didn't want to do it. I mean, you look at the guys going for big money. I mean, Caicedo is twenty one. Yeah, we sprayed eighty mil on Hoyland, who's what. But that, that's what I don't get. Like, I, I know nothing about him. But if Kane's going to cost you a little more, you know exactly well, what you get. I know he's obviously way older. Kane's not costing you a little more. Kane's costing you a lot more because you've got to take into account the wage packet. Like Hoyland's not, Harry Kane's coming to United on what? Like he's probably going to be like 300-ish K a week. Hoyland's not going to be on more than 100. Yeah, but that's crazy money for someone like him who he's not even slightly proven. No, you, no, no. You know exactly what you're getting out of Kane. What are you talking no, about? Nine in Serie A last year. That's pretty proven. Yeah. And they're, they're buying him based on not only what he could be, but they're buying him on. They're buying him based on his attributes as much as his proven track record. It's a risky game, but it's also risky buying Harry Kane for 100 million, paying him 300 grand a week for four years when he's at the age where an injury could crock him forever. There's all every transfer has a big chunk of risk in it. Yeah, every transfer does have a big chunk of risk in it. But the, I don't know, Kane's ha- had his issues, but it's not like his game is going to age badly. He's so slow already. And he doesn't rely on athleticism in any regard, really. That he's going to be able to play if he's not injured t- till he's pretty old, I, I think. But in, in theory, but when you look at what Ten Hag is out there saying he wants to do, Harry Kane's not a perfect fit for it. No, I'm not. I'm just using that as as an example. No, I, I know what you mean. Like uh, look at a guy. What did he score thirty in the league last year? He's I good. Mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's good. <laughs> he's he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. Just... Another one. I feel like uh, every tweet or saying uh, bid's been accepted. Everything at the bottom says uh, um, personal terms not expected to be an issue. Every single time, every transfer. Will's laughing. He's seen it. Literally every time, <laughs> apart from. Lavia to Liverpool. <laughs> the best thing is the Ornstein tweet for Kaiseda says personal terms not expected to be an issue. But I think personal terms quite often is the easiest part of it. But more and more clubs are just agreeing personal terms in advance. Like talk at like the Elise deal, for example. Chelsea have apparently tied up the personal personal terms and have then activated the clause. And I'm like, hold on a minute, isn't this tapping up? Yeah. Seems to be at the moment. That's the way all the deals are being done. Yeah, that's what yeah. happened with our, That's what happened with Rice, with Havertz, with Timber. They were all like personal terms they all done. Do it. They all do it to get obviously the leverage to try and get a better fee. Yeah. Like so, then yes, the player from the inside goes. Actually, I I do want to go. Can you sell me, please? I don't want to play for you anymore. But then, I agree. I've wondered this for the last couple of seasons. What happened to? The tapping up, like, isn't it a rule or like at least an unwritten rule that you just don't do rule, that? Yeah. I'm sure people got in trouble for that in the past, and now they everyone just does it. Well, Klopp spoke to Levi Colwell on the phone, and Chelsea were fairly clear they didn't want to sell him. And like Klopp, I feel like every I feel like every window I hear about Klopp speaking to someone on the phone, and he must have just lost the charm. Because this window, every time he's called someone up, it's like this must be like a phone jacker episode. No one is home. 
I'm telling you. He's on EE, mate. His signal shit, that's why. Pissing O2. O2, you can't sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Turning that buddy down. Um, okay, so back to Newcastle then quickly. A um, couple of good debuts here. Um, I thought, but the person that impressed me most and perhaps, I was I thought Newcastle would be good. Um, my thing about Newcastle is you look at the team and other, outside of Gumaresh, I was going, how many of these are like are genuine superstars? Uh, I think Alexander Isak might be almost approaching genuine superstar levels. Like, I'm not just talking about the quality. It's not just the quality of his finishes, which were great. It was just the fact that he carries the ball at pace with a, like a finesse that I, you just don't expect from a guy of that size. Another one of these a- younger transfers that looks like it's going to pan out. The risk, hopefully, on this one will pay off for Newcastle. Sorry, Russ. No, it's just he's got a, a bit of the Harland about him in that he's so big and lanky, and he's stronger than you think because he looks quite wiry. But and he, he just—it doesn't seem like he should be able to have that combination of of sort of body type and 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 speed and dribbling ability. But um, I agree. I think he's that good. Uh, he's going to score a lot of goals. I mean, with Callum Wilson backing him up too, I mean, it's looking pretty good over there. Callum Wilson missed an absolute fucking sitter in this one, by the way. It is really funny. Scored one, though, crucially. He, he did, but I'm not willing to put a lot of a lot of great stuff on like Harvey Barnes and Callum Wilson's performance here, given that what Villa were doing. <laughs> Will's been waiting for <laughs> That might be. Mike, have you seen this game? Not yet. It is... Bundesliga-esque, this hotline. <laughs> I have heard. I have heard. I've, I've got to say, I, there's been a lot of talk about Villa and how prepared Emery is and all this coming in. It's going to be a great season. And then he turns up with this high line. <laughs> it's incredible. Welcome. Welcome. It's just... I mean, it, it did seem like the Mings injury did affect them. That clearly doesn't help, but come on. They look bad before Mings ran off, is what I would say. True, but it got a lot worse after after well, that. And he's given he's probably a big character in there, losing it to something like that, which looked as bad as it seems like it is going to be for him. That's bound to affect the players in some way. I'm not saying it was going to be a win for them or whatever, because it looked pretty obvious they were going to get hammered, but that has got to affect the players. Agreed. I, I, but the thing with <sighs> where to begin with Villa? Well, they are going to be better than this. They are going to be better than this. However, so definitely, yeah. I wouldn't be overly concerned, but it wasn't a good first impression, was it? Well, if people, I mean, I put them quite high, but I mean, they're not going to be finishing fifth, sixth, are they? It's more to be like eighth, ninth, tenth, maybe with a decent European run in there. I don't know. They've got talent. I mean, they'll be good. Uh, my thing is, and I know we're not we're not huge Tyrone Mings fans. Although since Emery's come in, he's eradicated quite a few of the mistakes that he used to be part of his game. But, and I hasten to belabor a point that we've made in the last three parts. He gives Villa something they don't have from their other centre halves, and I just I do worry about them. Like I said last week, when they go away and they play difficult games against like Burnley and things like that. The games where the games where you look at them on paper and you think to yourself, if you're going for the top four, we should beat. But we're not Burnley. 
Brentford, we should beat Brentford, for example. And then all of a sudden, Brentford have done the absolute classic, stick it down the channel. We will talk about them, I love them. Uh, and they just, you just sort of getting battered that way. And Pau Torres, Mike, I need you to watch this game. Pau Torres, there is a moment in this game for one of the goals where he goes to win it on the halfway line. And Mike, if you're going to win the ball on the halfway line, there's two outcome. There's two outcomes that have to happen if you're a centre half. What are the two? Do you know what the two outcomes are? Well, you better win it, or you better foul him. There we are. Those are two, <laughs> and he does fucking neither. And then he's just out. And then do you want to know what his really experienced sense about partner Diego Carlos does, Mike? Go on. Rather than drop, he steps up <laughs> on the halfway line. Yeah, pretty much. It's incredible. Yeah. And he's done. He's done. And they are just done. And honestly, it's like the rat races the whole time. And for as much talk as like these two have played together and these two are like proper good centre halves, it's there's already like you watch them and you're like this just feels really naive and even like the best players make mistakes, but it's just it just left me like so like ugh ugh, which is a shame because Moussa Diaby looked really good and Ollie Watk it's been lost in the game, but Ollie Watkins dropped Botman. In a manner, I don't think I've seen Botman get dropped, and it was hysterically funny. It's really good. If you haven't seen it, go and look at it. I shall watch after the, after we finish up here. Yeah. I didn't really feel the need because I, I kind of knew what had happened in this game already. Just yeah, the high line of doom. I'm not against the high line. I'm against the the halfway line high line. The Borussia Dortmund high line. Yeah. Um, Ross, your moments of the weekend, whatever this segment is. Uh, so mine wasn't exact, exactly like a specifically, not 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 footballing moment, but it was Roy Hodgson and Max Lowe having a, a bit of a spat <laughs> on the touchline. And Roy Hodgson looked like he was about to to throw down. How it good was, was that, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed 50 that years older than the guy. 50 Incredible. years. 76 years old, Roy Hodgson. I thought he was going to spark him. I, don't know. I would have been all for it, if I'm being honest. That was my <laughs> moment of the week. Like, I don't know if that's what this segment is supposed to be for. But that's <laughs> yeah, be, whatever on that. be whatever you want. Uh, okay. Um, Sheffield United Palace, though. Um, I don't f- feel like we learned a lot from that game, other than the fact that Sheffield United are going to struggle and Palace are going to be... 12. Solid and going to struggle to score goals. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing Palace, here. Palace looked like they dominated the game fairly easily, which, as you say, is more a worrying sign for Sheffield. I would have thought there's not going to be that many games where Palace are going to dominate in that that kind of regard. Um, Edward, was it Edward who scored it? I hope get, it was. Getting a goal out of him, that, that's pretty wild. Um, getting a goal out of any of their strikers is actually, actually pretty wild. I've just uh, found out Jefferson Lerner plays for Palace, so that's big. He news. was really good. He was really good. Free transfer as well. He's what just, a bit of business he's in this market. Like a destroyer, isn't he? I just love players <laughs> like that. He'd be good for Liverpool. <laughs> I said it. I said it earlier on. He actually would be. And he's he did say good. it. I'd rather him than, than Tyler Adams, if I'm being honest. Tyler Adams going to Bournemouth, by the way. They've triggered the clause. Liverpool as well. <laughs> no. What is the clause, sorry? 20 million. 
Wow. That's not terrible in this How has Jefferson Lerma ended up at Palace? That is so Palace. By the way, I only found I only found out in the summer that this decore is not the the old decore at Palace. (laughs) For fuck's sake. That that decore. (laughs) He's still at Everton. He still plays at Everton. Oh yeah, so he is. Kept them up last year. Mike's sticking his his changing shirts after. Mike's shocking the 80 million for Decore. No, this one's really good, actually. Well, this one is good. That's why I was very confused. I had to do some further research. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to keep Eze fit, is all I can say, if Aliso's off. Everything creatively is going to come come through him. Seems but I mean, they, they did around, that model it? with Zahar for years, so that's true. Oh, they just tie him down forever. Yeah, Spurs are in for Eze apparently. It's interesting. Look, they're going down if Eze's gone. Yeah, I've been really worried about them if Eze goes. But, but selling Eze at this point in the window would be. Well, apparently they've put up the fee they want for him massively since. Elise's gonna go. Makes but makes sense. It, it needs to be ninety million. But yeah. thirty five million's nothing for I saw seventy for Eze. Yeah, you can't you, you look I'm about to say this knowing full well that Tony B still exists, but you can't spend seventy million on Eze, as good as he is. You just can't. The game really would be gone. You though. just can't. I mean I would, to be fair, I was of the opinion you shouldn't be spending more than sixty on Kaiseido and here we are fifty five million later. So what do I know? But you can't spend that much money on Eze. You just can't. It, it's ne- cru- honestly, it's corporate negligence if that happens. Um, I'd love to know what Dave thinks Tyreek Mitchell is worth in this market. Best defensive left back in the league. <laughs> Tyreek Mitchell. That's only half a joke. <laughs> Anyone know where Aaron Cresswell is? Yeah, it's at West Ham, Mike. Is he, is he not going to Wolves? No, he's going to stay at West Ham. He's too important to West Ham. Does he still play for them at left back? He does, yeah. He's good. He's still quite responsible for a lot of their creative threat too. Oh, look, I'm a big Aaron Cresswell fan. I always have been. There's only one man who's a bigger Aaron Cresswell Yeah, Can we talk about Brentford and Spurs? Oh, yes. Here we go. Great game, this was. <laughs> I just think, like, obviously... As we all know on this podcast, it's well documented that Pep Guardiola ruined football. Um, and he's made everyone sort of wanting to play the same tippy-tappy, I'm cleverer than you kind of stuff. And then you just go and watch Brentford. <laughs> and every ball is like, let's lump it for the pacey lad in the channel. And I'm like, this is just, the beautiful game is here. It's amazing. Brian and Buemo, like, I can't quit you, Brian. <laughs> but you're becoming a Brentford hey. fan, aren't you? Well, we'll have to see what United do. But yeah, there's there's scope for that to happen. This Now they've delayed the decision on Greenwood. So anyway, um, yeah, they just pitch it into the channel for Embuemo or Vissa to run after. It's so fun. So fun. This game was totally weird. Spurs were okay. They had loads of the ball. Didn't really do a lot with it. And then Brentford get it and yeah, just, just chop it long to... Uh, for their pace merchants to run onto. Wasn't particularly impressed with Vicario. He looked quite nervous, the, the new Spurs keeper. Flecken, the new Brentford keeper in the other goal, it's a bit more solid. His distribution was quite good. 
um, which should help him going forward. The other new players. I like the Vander, whatever his name is. Vander Ven. That's it for Spurs. Never heard of him before, but he, looks, he looks fun. In it's been a real window for that for me. Oh, there has been so many of those for me. I'm I'm so far. I'm washed. Um, two two. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good game. Well, actually, the first half was really fun. The second half was really boring. The Spurs just kept the ball and did nothing. I thought Spurs were all right. I thought they did some. In- I thought the only thing you. I thought they had some nice combinations and stuff. I thought the only thing you'd save from them is you. Their best player is Navson, and he needs to be involved more. He felt quite isolated in this one. Um, I thought Basuma was good. Um, God knows what happened last year with Basuma, but he was good. Um, Madison was good too. He was a good. Yeah, good he all was around. Really good. good Why around. is Ollie Skip still playing? Yeah. It's a good, good question. Yeah. Ross, Why do um, they have to have like a Harry Winks, Oliver Skip type character? Harry Winks is playing for Leicester now, by the way. Which, yeah. And as well. Emerson Royale is still there. And still he's good there. too, Mike. And bloody scored, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, he did. I mean, what the hell? He's an interesting player to watch, isn't he? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, Spurs are, Spurs are dire to watch, but at least Emerson Royale's there, so there's something happening. I think Spurs are going to be better to watch this year. But that's um, what they say about Ange, isn't it? I yeah. mean, you can't, you didn't really see it in this one. I mean, and to be honest, it's going to be really tough for him because you take away Harry Kane, who is possibly one of the most complete players in world football, let alone strikers, and your attack's almost completely... You spend your summer working towards the prospect of still having him, and they sell him fairly late. I mean, he knew you knew it was coming. You'd have had other ideas, but that's tough for him, isn't it? Because you've got to replace him with Richarlison, who's gifted, but in a different way. Do you buy into the fact that he would have wanted him gone so he could start the season... Uh, I would, rather than having him for one year and then been able to fully implement his his new thing, I don't think I don't think any manager feels that they feels better equipped with a player of Harry Kane's talent out of the squad. I get I understand I think that's one of those situations where we all we all we all think about we get a bit galaxy brain about football and sometimes it is just as simple as you want your talent you want your best talent in the door. And particularly when your best talent is Harry Kane, one of the all-time best Premier League strikers. So, Yeah, Son needs to step up in his absence. And obviously Richarlison needs to do something. I forgot he was on the pitch in this game. So that's good for him. I agree. I'm not sure Son fits that well in this system. So we'll have to see how that goes. I'm just going to have to do something to... As Will said, he, he's the main the main player now there offensively. You've got to well, the get the best out of him. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like, it's what it's what Conte, to be fair to him, said when he rocked up at Chelsea. He said, you don't really, it's about you're a, you're a tailor and you've cut your suit to fit your players. Um, very few coaches can be ideologues and like Pep Guardiola and just have everything their way. And you certainly can't be that way at Spurs, can you? So, Not with a squad um, like that. Right. Couple of choices here because we do have to talk about Man United Wolves because I've got some stuff to get off my chest. Um, do you want to go to Man City, Arsenal, or Brighton next? We can do two of these three. Well, I mean, we can just say that the better team won them the games, those three games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brighton are better than Luton. Yeah. 
Arsenal are better than Forest. City are better than Burnley. All right, let, let's do let's do Burnley actually because I didn't see this game, so I want to find out a bit more about it. Um, obviously, Harlan's a joke. That analysis is there. You go. Um, let's start with Burnley. How I heard Burn and this is weird when you lose three at home, but I heard Burnley were actually fairly impressive. What would you think of that? I thought they had City rattled for a little while actually. Um, I think it. It was before the second goal, I think. Uh, they were pressing them really, really well. City was struggling to get out. They'd given away a couple of passes that I don't know if we'd seen that many stray passes from them in the whole of last season. Um, Rico Lewis was responsible for one. There was a Rodri one. Obviously, Burnley, if you want to take points, you're going to have to be clinical in those instances. But it was good to see that they... They could mix it with City, um, even if just for a 20-minute or 15-minute period. That's a pretty good sign for your first game at this level. Um, Haaland obviously does his thing, but yeah. I think everyone in general is mostly most bullish on on them as the promoted team. You can see why watching them against City, they were, yeah, they were quite impressive, despite losing 3-0. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the way they they pressed them, they did rattled. Yeah, I think it's the right word. I, I was really impressed with them. To be honest, they certainly could have scored a couple of goals, um, but they did have a guy go down with cramp after sixty minutes of chasing City around and putting that press on. So that was quite funny, actually. Um, but I mean, the fact that it looked—I mean, you can't really judge them at all against play, playing against City because. That's not where their season's going to be sort of won and lost. Um, but I think the fact they did look good. I mean, Vincent Kirby said that that could be the worst they play all year. But I don't really buy, buy into that necessarily. But uh, he clearly feels they can keep doing this against other teams. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't agree with that. But um, Based on what I saw, I would think they're going to be fine, which is what we thought uh, with our preseason predictions. So. City are notoriously slow starters, which sounds weird for a team who amass over like 100 points almost every season. But they do tend to start a few. I mean, Henry texts me the other day and he goes, uh, he, goes I'd love, he goes, I want to come back on the pod again. Probably mid, mid-October with City a fifth that we're worried about them. Because <laughs> he's not wrong. That does often happen. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of their performance here, uh, how did you rate... Their new additions. Was it just the one? Kovacic? Did Gvardiol come on? He did come on, yeah. How were they? Um, well, obviously KDB went went off quite early on. And um, Kovacic is not going to give you the same kind of offensive impetus. I know Will's probably got some things to say. Um, I mean, I, I think I said the, uh, last week or the week before, Kovacic is going to look good just because of City having the ball and his ability to sort of move it around in there. But I think any player of sort of Kovacic's level, he's just going to look fine in there. But I don't think he's moving. I think they're a lot worse with him instead of Gundogan. It's a mega, mega downgrade. Um, I mean, how could anyone look the same as him? You're true. 100% right, Mike. But I, I'll, I think that's the weakness for them. And with De Bruyne gone as well for three to four months or whatever they're saying, 
their offensive output from central midfield is looking quite light, I would think. I just hope they don't get Paqueta over the line. I'm perfectly happy with them going into the season with an actual, what you could say, weakness. Um, but I didn't think City were that good, though. I didn't. They didn't do anything to impress me at all in in that game. Yeah, as Ross says, Kovacic slid right in there. Um, looked fine. He had a nice little bit of work with Foden uh, down the right. There was a bit of a move. It ended up fizzing out, but that was really nice. Hopefully for City, I guess, a sign of things to come, maybe. Guardiola didn't get too long. He was fine. But he's going to be pretty good, I think. Uh, and I was just going to say, <clears throat> as Ross was talking, it's a good thing they kept Bernardo Silva in the end because they're going to need something out of him. Um, At the moment, he's all they've got. Exactly, with, uh, with De Bruyne gone. So if they but he's obviously brilliant, so saying he's all they've got is, <laughs> is still something, but... Best of a bad lot, eh? Actually, yeah. I'm worried about their goals from midfield. I mean, I'm not worried about it because I hope they lose. I mean, I hope they lose everything. It's the same with Newcastle. Every time you talk to me about Newcastle, and I say the words I'm worried, I'm not actually worried. But they have, I mean, they've lost. I know I have a thing with Mahrez. Uh, not too much of a thing in case the Saudi Arabian officials are listening. But he is a phenomenal player and he's a phenomenal goal threat. And he's gone. Um, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, who's perhaps that is is their best player. Argue amongst yourselves if it, it, he's the best player in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, but, and you can't replace him. But in terms of goals, I look at their team. I look at their starting eleven now, and I'm just going to assume that that it's going to be four two three one. Uh, Haaland obviously is an extra otherworldly source of goals. Alvarez, if if, if he's playing other, he could, he's going to score goals for you. Foden will score goals for you. Grealish won't. Rodri will score the occasional one from a corner. Kovacic will never score a goal for them, um, unless it's like a in a dead rubber in the Champions League. Uh, the Ake will never score a goal for them. The two centre halves. Stones will get a couple. The couple they'll get a couple from centre halves and stuff. But you know what I mean, like. You need to like I look at Arsenal. I'm like other than centre forward. <laughs> I'm like well, there's 15, there's 10, there's 10, there's 10. I look I look at Man United. I'm like well, there's there's 25 from Rashford, there's 10 from Hoy, and there's you get eight or whatever from Man. You get a few there. I look at Chelsea. I'm like Nkunku, Jackson, blah 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 blah. There's options there. I'm not saying that City are going to struggle to score goals because they won't, but. I think there's going to be games this season where they're playing nil-nil at home and it's the games where Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne come up with a goal and you win one-nil. They're not going to have that as reliably this season and that can be the difference between them and someone else winning the title. So I think it's going to be really close this year, much closer than I thought it was going to be last week, just simply because of the Kevin De Bruyne injury. It's such a needle mover and I would be... I would be surprised if they didn't pay the Paqueta thing, but I would be surprised to not see another winger or something come in. Someone who offers them something a bit different, like someone who's really like pacey and direct, um, someone who can play off the right. Um, but other than that, I think my biggest takeaway for City, this is the biggest fo- see- season of Phil Phone's career, because we've talked about it before on this podcast. Phil Phone's a wonderful player, but he's never had to deal with the responsibility of being one of the people you look at City having to rely on every week. And that is the difference between him and players like 
Mount Saka and these like who have gone into these seasons and they've been like one of the most important players at their club and Foden's never had that pressure. So it's really interesting to see how he deals with that pressure and whether or not it helps take him up another level to being one of the absolute best players in our league, which he can 100% be based on the talent he has. It's a really interesting season for him. That would be my takeaway from him. If he does go up a level, man, that's going to be something, isn't it? Yeah. And also, football discourse is cooked, by the way. Absolutely cooked. Because that little... I've seen that clip of Phil Foden doing that unbelievable touch. Like, the kind of touch that I think I've seen about five players ever can do that. I know what you're about to say, and I agree with you. And they're all... And everyone's going... And all these fucking losers are are sat there going... (laughs) I sat there going, "Oh, oh, the clip cuts off before the goal is scored. If you can't enjoy that... If you don't sit there and think that is absolutely amazing, honestly, turn your TV around and just watch the HDMI cables because <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's like the, that's like the some of the best football. That's the kind of stuff that that's the kind of stuff that makes me think. Do you know it'd be fantastic if Ronaldinho was here now, playing in his prime now. People would think he was. People would just be like, "Oh, he's good, but." That flip-flap where he beats four people in midfield and hits the post, that's in unimportance. But that's not unimportance. Like, Could you imagine the views that is, those reels would do, by the way? Well, I've seen what the reels of San Maximum do. So, like, absolutely. <laughs> like, a player who's not even close to the calibre. I mean, if I think if Ronaldinho came out now, we would talk about him in the same way that people are talking about Neymar, which is we reduce Neymar's career to, we go, oh, Neymar's only ever won one Champions League. I'm like, well, original Ronaldo never won it. Like, you, these players are capable of just doing things on the football pitch that you could, you've never seen other players do. And it's the same with the Foden clip. It's like, let's just settle. Let's save the slander for certain points where the slander needs to come out. But let's just enjoy just enjoy him. People like could pit him against each other, you know? I enjoyed Keno's reaction to some of Sturridge's. Uh... I was about to go to Sturridge. <laughs> I was like, if there's one thing I haven't enjoyed, it's the fact that Sturridge is going to be on Sky. I've enjoyed Sturridge. No. Sorry, no. I'm with Ross. I've enjoyed Sturridge because... Um, and I've seen clips with Sturridge showing what the stanky leg is, and I'm like... Oh, oh, man, I, oh really. it's... Uh, just get this out of it they, they've got him purely so they can have clips like that that's the whole reason yeah. he's there have you seen I, know, I knew it was coming as soon as I saw, did you see the uh, his loan spell went quite well so we, live on the air his loan spell went well so we brought him in permanently I'm like oh no uh, I, I'm all for look, TNT sports to be honest with, with Sturridge I'm just not watching it have you seen the clip of Sturridge talking about uh, goal scorers though because that's really good if you haven't seen that no I'm actively avoiding Sturridge goals. okay okay because so. what I'm saying is in unlike so like you'll get the thing is Sturridge's jokiness is worse than Mika Richards jokiness it's more it's more abrasive but Sturridge is genuinely giving you some great analysis I was as shocked as you are because I just, the last thing I saw him was when he was singing on TikTok and going, going about calling like Mbappe, Mbappe, oh. and you're like, please, Sturridge, please. Those are some of the worst things I've ever seen. 
Agreed. Ever. Could not agree more. Absolutely just so difficult to work. I'll just be in on Sturridge forever because he scored 10 goals from the wing under AVB and no one could score under AVB. Absolutely useless player and manager. Um, At least we've got Ali McCoyst on TNT on comms now. Could not be happier about that. Who's the Sadly, he's with Darren Fletcher. The dulcet tones of Darren Fletcher. Oh, man. I just... Where is Clive at? Where is he? <laughs> He's not busy. He's We've not, got an upgrade on Sky as well now, though, to be fair. Yeah, Peter yeah so that's good. So come on, TNT. You've rebranded. Now just boot him out. I Jake enjoy... Humphrey's gone too. Oh, thank yeah. God. What's he... What an upgrade that is. I think, um, I think Peter Drury, I think he toned it down a bit. And I think his style was really, really good for it. Like I think he having if he'd been ultimate Peter Jury and it's gonna the test is gonna be when it's like it's gonna be like when it's I don't know fucking Luton Sheffield United no no that's too, there's too much riding on that like Crystal it's gonna be Crystal Palace versus like West Ham it's a Sunday in March and he's talking about oh the the ice cream cones of Maxwell Cornet and I'm just like Peter like. It's not that deep. They're battling for 11th. We're all here for our fantasy prep. Could you just relax, please? That'll be what the real test is. I'm in on him. Yeah. At least oh, he sounds so interested. In. Yeah. I, mm. I had enough of mine Tyler. It was time. He lost his spark after the Aguero clip. Yeah. I don't disagree with Which that. Which obviously at the time wasn't a clip, but... <laughs> No, it was a real goal. <laughs> um, okay, let's end on. And I know we're missing a we're missing a few. Um, if you want to know our feelings on Fulham Everton, we didn't um, do United. Will we are doing United right now? All right. Good. I don't want to do want to miss out on your your takes. Here. Ever, Everton are in trouble. They can't score. Yeah. Shockers. Neil Mope can't put the ball at the back of the net. By the again. way, surprise, for, as, for as well as Wolves played here. Wolves, everyone's concerns about Wolves not being able to put the ball in the back of the net. It's going to be a thing, like, and it's going to be the thing that gets them in trouble as well as they played here. Agreed, but I saw way more from them in this game than I, I certainly thought I was ever going to see from them. Maybe, but well, Dave's not here to hate on Gary O'Neill, but Gary O'Neill, a good coach who Definitely. at least can organise a team, and he had done here. They Wolves have been really nice and compact. They look good. I enjoyed his uh, comments about um, go, having a meeting with, uh, was it John Moss or whoever it is with the PGMOL for a few hours before the game so that he didn't get in yellow card under the new guidelines. <laughs> and he was like, well, that went well. <laughs> in his defence, I'd have been sent off if what happened to Oh, me. my God. I'm going to let you two talk about that. I cannot believe it. Well, I can believe it, but what a sham. Like the first weekend in, we've already got this. We've already had a, a team of officials not being brought back for the next weekend. At least. And they've apologised. Oh, yeah, the famous apology. Yeah, sorry, we got it wrong. Yeah, no shit. The guys clattered him. Uh, it's just stonewall. <laughs> it's just as stonewall as it gets. I just... <sighs> I've got nothing left of that. Uh, I, I just... 
how, I just, how can they get that one wrong? I just, <laughs> I just don't understand. It's quite stunning, isn't it? The incompetence up there. My sister was watching that and she's like, how is that not a penalty? And she doesn't know much about football. (laughs) I literally cannot explain that to you. (laughs) Howard Webb says they can release uh, the audio clips of what's going on. Um, And uh, that sort of... That is not a good idea. (laughs) I need to hear it. I need to hear it, though. I need to know what was going on in that room i need to hear simon whatever his name was go yeah that's not a penalty for me because he hasn't got out an axe off his head <laughs> i need it i need it uh honestly if i was gary o'neill i'd have been on the pitch talking to the referee about that one. Oh my god i think i'd have had my coaches out recreating it in the, in the box <laughs> i'd have brought the vast screen off the sideline and just stuck it on the pitch in front of the referee yeah incredible <laughs> Oh, he didn't gosh. even go look at it, did he? No. I mean, that is amazing. Like, which means they're so sure that they're right. Oh, God. Clear and obvious error. Well, the clear stands for cleared out. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, Eric Ten Hag afterwards did the classic Arsene Wenger. Well, not even, <laughs> not actually the classic Arsene Wenger, because Arsene Wenger was always like, oh, no, I didn't see it. He's just like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, Eric. Come on. I know, like... I know Anan is like, not only is he missed, he's not only is he missed balls, he's missed placed the right set of pills before. So he should be expecting this kind of thing. But like, <laughs> it was incredible, wasn't it? But he played really well, actually, Anana. And he had to. Yeah, because he faced 23 shots. But he played well. and he At Old Trafford. And he passed the football well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a positive for them. Um, yeah, neg- we do that, though. The negatives are... Um, uh, Rashford's still not a number nine, but you'd hope that they won't have to deal with that for long. I mean, however way you want to slice slice it, it was a really, really like abysmally bad performance from United. But you could sit there and go, "This wasn't your full strength team," and eventually you will. Um, uh, it's the first you've got the points off the board. You have to win when you're playing. Blah 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 blah. blah. I have no idea of how this midfield's going to work. If it's if they're going to keep playing it like this, because Eric Ten Hag is obsessed with. Oh. Honestly, you know, I hate the word project and I hate all these tactical stuff I hear on Twitter too. I hate the term box midfield as well. I am pissing sick of this box midfield. Like they've got, they're like, oh, we're going to make Luke Shaw invert in midfield. I'm like, that's not what Luke Shaw's good at. What are you doing? And then you watch United and you watch them in this game. Oh my God, you watch them in this game. (sighs) They're essentially playing a 3-1-6. Like, Eric Ten Hag's supposed to... <laughs> his foundation of play is supposed to be combination passing. And you've got... You've got a back three <laughs> of Luke Shaw, who's not the world's greatest passer. Varane, who is the best defender on United by, like, a country mile. Sorry, Johnny Evans. And you've got... Then you've got Martinez there who's a good passer and they're trying to pass to Casemiro who is tasked with seemingly taking on the entire Wolves midfield <laughs> and pass it to the forward oh my god Cunha's running through the midfield because nobody other than Mason Mount is interested in running off the ball because because as good as Eric Ten Hag is apparently he can't coach an off the ball system oh my god 
I don't think United are good at all. At all. And I'm stunned by it. I'm stunned by all these people who seem to think Eric Ten Hag's doing a really good job at United because they're going to get pasted 7-0 this season. I don't know who they've got next week. They might get pasted 7-0 next week. And it's no wonder that he's after like players like Amadou and Arna who could go, work hard and go both ways because you're going to need them because in Anthony and fuck knows who else they've got up front and in Bruno Fernandes, they just don't have players who are willing to work with the defensive side of the ball. And as long as he persists with this, oh, it spurs away, they're going to get battered. Uh, no, they get battered. And um, as long as he persists with this way of playing and these the spaces that are evident in midfield to pass through... And just, it's just baffling. They are horribly shit. Horribly shit. And I don't, it's one of those things where I'm like, personnel-wise, they should be, they have the personnel to be able to fix this and be able to play a cohesive system. But I'm starting to go now, they keep trying to do this. And I keep thinking, is this just the fact that the coach doesn't understand what he's doing? The, The Cunha run yesterday, one of them, where he just goes past everyone and Casemiro dives in and... Martinez dives in and then it requires Varane to basically jockey him right to the edge of the box before dealing with it. I'm like, it is malpractice at an unprecedented level. I cannot believe it. I could not believe how bad they were. I was going to say which Cunha, because from, from the highlights that I watched, it, it just thought there was no one in the midfield for Man United, as you've been saying. Like, I mean, he's a strong runner with the ball, but it just looked like they were playing like 11 on six or seven or something in there. He was just running directly straight down the middle. And for the love of God, if, if he could finish, I mean, I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason he's at Wolves and it's because he just can't get the ball in the back of the net. If he could finish, Todd B would have him, wouldn't he? There'd be a 120 million pound bid. Well, I mean, t- you can see what, why when he was younger, he ended up at like Atletico because he's clearly got something about him. Yeah, but it's sadly not scoring goals. Uh, and I'm gonna, I need to talk about my pet hate. One of my pet United hates. Mm-hmm. Martinez clatters a few people in friendlies, and people are like, "Ooh, the butcher." Junia took him for a fucking walk. His defensive footwork. I'm like. I know less about defending than anybody, but I'm watching Cun- I'm watching Martinez jump into tackles when he shouldn't jump in, not track runners. It just he is. I don't understand it, and like everyone points to like this, the stats and the like, Jules won, all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, Jules won, like. He's a centre-back. The best centre-halves don't win duels because they don't have to get into them. And this guy is just abysmal. And then I'm having to watch people go, Harry Maguire might not be good enough for Man United. I'm like, look, I get it. Okay, I get it. But let's not pretend Martinez is any good because he is just... I just can't even with him. I just can't. Like He was abysmal yesterday. And Rafa Varane, I'm sorry, Rafa. I'm sorry. Like, as soon as they start playing Lindelof and Varane next to each other, United will be a much better team. Put Martinez at left back in a changing room. I don't care. He's useless. I'm sure Mike loves him. Like, he's just put to the... I just can't stand him. 
he's fine. We are a lot better team with him in it because, well, we were because uh, De Gea's distribution was so bad that he just gave it to Martinez to do, basically. But now we've got Anana, that shouldn't be an issue. So I actually tend to agree with that we're not a good team. Just, just actually not that good. I just I don't understand it. I think, yeah, I think we flattered to deceive quite a bit last year. So there needs to be some improvement in how they play this time around. I mean, United's goal difference was way below the other teams that were near the top last year. Yeah, and that isn't always, isn't always a good marker, but I think it does tell somewhat of a story, doesn't it? Of how dominant you are type thing. The person... Yeah, Rashford, Rashford was bailing him out a lot last year. Yeah, what Will was saying earlier about you've got 15 goals there and 10 goals there. Last year, it was Rashford plus not a lot. And it, you, I could see it being that again. I don't think Anthony's going to give you that many goals. Hopefully, Rashford <laughs> will. Sancho exists. You might get Fernandez. more. Sancho get, could give you goals. You might well, you get could more take comes from Anthony than you do goals. Oh, not successful. It'd be, it'd, be low, it'd be low on both. It might be like 2-2. Two, two, but... He's <laughs> fucking useless. Look, we do. We did this last. Anthony is the worst right winger in the league, in my opinion. Like, I don't know what he does well, and I certainly he is unbearable to watch. Unbearable. I, I don't know what he does well enough to be playing for Man United. He's playing for the biggest club in the league. Like, he's you. You know the people who have played right wing for United. You know what I mean? Like, ah. <sighs> This show pony just turning around and passing it backwards or or turning inside and pretending that the left back hasn't realised what's coming. And that's also what's stunning is that he actually has scored a couple of goals like that. And you're like, how? Even I know it's coming. I don't, I'm just... not a Premier League defender. Should be, but... <laughs> but you can do a job in there, Mike. Better than Martinez, Mike. I tell you what, me and Johnny Evans, I don't think we could see the goal. <laughs> is he actually on the books at United? He is, yeah. Yeah, he, he is. is, yeah. Oh, he is. I honestly, honestly, I, I, I watched, I saw a clip on Twitter where people were trying to blame Harry Maguire for something happening in pre-season, and it's Johnny Evans, and then there's another one, it's Johnny Evans and Martinez at the back, and the difference in positioning and ability between Johnny Evans and Lissandra Martinez is, is like night and day. Like, Johnny Evans is immaculate immaculate and Martinez it's like if someone had drawn him it was someone drawing him on day release like he was just a tr- oh, I can't stand him I just oh, he's abysmal have you seen the clip of Melissa Reddy saying Anana live on Sky Sports News I think saying Anana gives his defenders a bollock yeah I have she gets told <laughs> off afterwards yeah, it's hilarious. yeah I mean she, she is a tough watch on yeah, yeah, one of the tougher watches. Yeah, um, if it's flipping, who are those other two clowns on Sky? Darmish and uh, Oh my god! Yeah, can't outstand those two clowns. Transfer centre. Oh god! Glory days gone. Um. Anyway, uh, United would do well to sack Ten Hag and get a better coaching. <laughs> I really don't rate him. Uh, I know that's like a slightly wild statistic. It's a wild thing to say. I just I just think he's useless. That's um, Tang Fastics, Ross. Of course, Mike. Yeah. Look at this man. Elite. Elite. Uh, right. 
Are we done? Um, okay, let's just... Yeah, can we be done? In, I know. Yeah, I know. It's a long pod. Uh, the listeners are done. Quickly before we go, uh, what are you looking forward to most next week, game-wise? Oh, well. Mike's just put it in Okay, the, uh, I have put it in the chat, but go ahead. Give Forest, me the options. Forest, Sheffield United, a huge Friday football. Um, Fulham-Brentford, Liverpool-Bournemouth, Wolves-Brighton, 5.30 kickoff for uh, Spurs United. Man City are playing Newcastle in Elba Hedico at 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> Villa have got Everton on Super Sunday, followed by West Ham-Chelsea, and then the Monday is Crystal Palace-Arsenal. What? You know Luton Burnley's postponed? Because Did it really? Can't, yeah, because Luton the can't host the... Why it's didn't they just road. play it at Burnley? I thought that too, Mike. I don't... Is this real? Yes. Yeah, the ground's not ready. Can I They're not, not going to be able to play their first two or three home games. At I home. think it's the first three. Yeah. Can I say something? I think they should fall. I think they should have to. I think they should have. It's our podcast. <laughs> I think they should have to forfeit those games. But why don't they just play them away? Just forfeit. That's what I don't understand. Just play the game. If you're not ready be to play, be away, leg. What? I, what are we doing? I'm just forfeit. that. It's, now I we've mean, just got a, a midweek in March is now filled because Luton <laughs> have to host Burnley. I'll tell you what, that is going to draw in the ratings. That is midweek yeah, in March, exactly. isn't it? That's got Prime Video read all over it. That's... Yeah, yes, exactly. I it's going to be that, one of their weeks. I bet you that would be a fucking sensational game too, now we've said it. I think it would be quite fun. <laughs> and it, but no, game week two of the Prem, it's not on. Unbelievable. That means you get two... I can't weeks. imagine it's... It's hurt anyone's fantasy football teams in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, which, which one are you picking? Uh, to me, it's a clear toss-up between uh, the Jose Derby, Spurs United and Elba Hedico. I think it's Elba Hedico for me. That's it so certainly funny. is, but you can wet your whistle with United at Spurs beforehand and then yeah. get ready for the real meet, the main course at 8 o'clock. By the because... way, is an 8 o'clock slot on a Saturday a normal thing i think we did have it once or twice towards the I'm, end of last season I'm not i don't in, like it i'm not in, in really, fact i do like it because i'm at work usually on saturday so i missed the half 12 running so. in, you're running into you're running into match of the day like that's gary ian's alan's time you know let's just oh, yeah. they've got to get their highlights packages you're not wrong actually so if you if you don't get us if you do but obviously if anyone's listening don't get a stream for the three o'clocks and then We've got the five thirty and then the eight o'clock and then match of the day. You can have yourself a weekend, Mike. Wow, that's something, isn't it? It certainly is. But um, as we all understand, uh, don't stream the Premier League. I mean, <laughs> what is that Friday night football? By the way, who's that one? Said? Sorry, Not Sheffield United at Forest. Uh, I'll tell you what, I do actually quite like Forrester, really. That, that is a real one for the purists, isn't it? That's like... <laughs> Get Peter Jory on that game. <laughs> That's the kind of game where you're sat there on a Friday night and you're asking questions of your life. It's you're game like... week two and I'm already out on that. <laughs> he's just there going, have I really got nothing better to do today? And the answer is quite often. The answer is yes, I'll be there at 7.45. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll be there for too, sure. let me tell you. I'll be there texting the group chat going, you know what, there's something about Gibbs White. <laughs> Really like this Fodderingham guy in goal for Sheffield United. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you who looks good for them. Gustavo Hamer. He's, he's settled in nicely from commentary. You get it. You can always tell if you can always tell if we've watched a terrible Friday night game. We come into next week's podcast, and one of us is just like, "Yeah, yeah, a one year, something about it." I do actually. Like one year. One year, by the way, he's that man can move. He's just good. Brennan Johnson. If I've got takes about him on, uh, <laughs> on Monday, you'll know what's happened. <laughs> right, uh, let's get out of it. Um, Mike, if the people want to keep up with you to find out more about Brennan Johnson, where can they do that? <laughs> uh, at Mikey Beslin on threads. <laughs> on threads? <laughs> I don't have threads. Ross, <laughs> Ross, if the people want to keep up with you to find out more about Lyndon B. Johnson, where can they do that? Uh, at Ross underscore bird 14. <laughs> if you want to follow me to keep up with all the stuff on Ulrika Johnson, if that were at 17. <laughs> Uh, if you want to follow Dave, I don't know why you're going to do that. It's at Dave Harris underscore 44. You can find out um, his takes on uh, David Cotterell's conspiracy theories. Here's a spoiler for you. He's in on that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's actually at a rally at the moment calling Obama gay. That's where he is. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to follow us on any of the other socials, it's at In and Around Pod. Um, we're not on threads, but maybe we'll be there one day. Um, if you've got questions, it's in around pod at gmail.com. We do check the inbox periodically for his uh, conspiracy theory newsletters. Send us a message, yeah. yeah. Send us a message. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send us any. Uh, all right. Until next time. Sayonara. Good stuff.